Psalm 100. Psalm 100. <clears throat> you may be saying, well, Brother Lee, aren't we in 1 John and aren't we past uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, and I would say no. Every day should be Thanksgiving. In fact, you're going to see today how we are going to apply just where this branches off of our First John study, which we'll get to shortly uh, in the coming weeks. But if you'll stand in honor of God's Word in Psalm 100. Verse 1, Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord he, Himself is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And His faithfulness to all generations. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for this day. May you be glorified and magnified by how the preaching of your word and the application of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, as I said, this is going to tie in with 1 John, and here's how it's going to tie in. Uh, all throughout the book of 1 John, John addresses his readers as little children. And because he is uh, their father in the faith, he has uh, introduced them to Jesus and, uh, and now, uh, and then throughout the book, he is trying to raise them up to grow in their faith in Christ. And, and I've noticed in my life that uh, as a young child, I was, I was always taught by my parents that when something is given to me, that I'm to reply or say what in return? Thank you, right? To be grateful for what I've been given. And so we teach our children these things because... What we find is, is that thankfulness is not natural to us. It's not something that comes natural. In fact, um, hopefully you parents have seen this, that you have to teach. I know Elena's three and a half, and we're teaching her how to be thankful. Uh, when somebody gives something to her, we are constantly saying, now what do you say? What do you say? Well, thank you. you know? And that's kind of like a forced thank you, but hopefully as she grows older, hopefully as you and I grow older, that our thankfulness will be out of love and true gratitude. In fact, our marquee has this verse up there, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It says, In some things give thanks. No, it doesn't say that. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay. So, usually though, it, when, we give, when we say thankful to some, thank you to somebody... It's usually because we have received something that we want. When Elena receives a gift from somebody, we say, say thank you. But how many of us would tell our children to say thank you after we spank them? None, right? How many of us if our child was to put their hand on the stove, burning stove, and injure themselves, how many, would us, how many of us would say, say thank you? None of us. But that's everything. In everything, give thanks. 
Because through that, let's say that Elena does that. Now, I hope she does it. But let's say she does that. Through that experience, what will happen? Will she touch stoves anymore? No. So she'll learn from that. Okay? And just like in your, in your life, God allows you to go through different things, difficult situations in your life for you to rely on Him, for you to learn. Some of you, if we were to go around, and we don't have that time to do that, but if we were to go around and we were to examine the last year, some of you have been going through some stuff, some difficult things. And I wonder how many of us were the first ones to say, thank you, Lord, for this time, rather than complaining about it. God, why is this happening to me? Anybody ever made that statement before? Why is this happening to me? When we make that statement, why is this happening to me? We are saying to God that you are not good, you are not in control, and I deserve better. And so when he gives us, this is actually, when he says, in everything give thanks, it's actually a command where he tells us to give thanks, where our Heavenly Father is telling us to thank him because it does not come naturally. Because we have to understand through the difficult times in our life, God is in control. Let me say that where you can hear me. God is in control, folks. And if you, and this is where I, I believe uh, Scripture backs this up. If you really believe God is in control, if you really believe that He is sovereign and that he's working things out for his glory in and through your life, then you truly will have a life of thankfulness. It'll be true thankfulness. Where you will wake up. Now, I, now some of you may struggle with this, like as with me. I, it is hard for me to get up in the morning and to start off with thankfulness. Oh. Y'all ain't never been there before. You know, now y'all look at me, some of you is like, well, you're just a little whippersnapper. Well, you know, I'm starting to experience things that y'all have long experienced. And, and even like if I, let's say that I, I wake up on the wrong side of the bed and I, I tick my wife off, I tick Sherry off. Thank you, Jesus. We don't do that, do we? Because we look at our lives and we are self-focused. We are self-focused. And so today I want us to look at what is true thankfulness. True thankfulness. And I, I got two points for you. There you go. It's pretty simple right there. True thankfulness, the first one is, is what you see, is visible. Visual. I was trying to say them both in the same sentence. But the second one is that true thankfulness is voluntary. Is that true thankfulness is not forced upon us. And, and we'll see that in the verses that we have. So the first one is, is that uh, true thankfulness is visual. And so the main idea that I want you to get today, repetition, right? Be thankful and grow in thankfulness. Because even after you say thank you, it's very easy for us to make it about us. Well, I deserve that, Lord. You realize what you really do deserve? And that's everybody in this room. 
in this world. You realize that we deserve to be separated from a holy God. But he stepped down and provided a way that we could have a relationship with God. Isn't that good? Don't you have something to be thankful for? Aren't you tired of your face and your life looking like you've been sucking on dirty socks? Because truly, folks, let's take a look. Verses 1 through 3, we can learn something here. We need to express praises to God. Look at what he says. Verse 1, here, I want you to underline the word shout because it is a command. He tells us to shout. Shout joyfully to the Lord. You know, if you, were to, if, if you were to take the word joyfully out, you know, shout to the Lord. We can see this in our culture now. Nobody's out there praising God. In fact, if you go in and you hear somebody say, Jesus, then you're most likely it's a cuss word. I'm not going to say the other, you know, the, the whole four mates, because you know what I'm talking about. I've often told my students uh, throughout the years that uh, there's just something about the name of Christ. There's just something about the name of Jesus. And I've challenged them to go to their schools and during uh, class interchange or whatever, while the classes are changing, I, I, I've, I've challenged them to go, Jesus, you know, if you go and you say like, Bob, you know, like one or two people are going to turn around. Uh, hey, Bobby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. So he looked up right when I said his name. But if you say Jesus, man, people are like, they either looking at you like you're cussing or you're crazy. Right. And, and most of the time it's the crazy part. Um, and hopefully it's not the cussing part with you guys. Amen. Hello. <laughs> right? But it says to shout joyfully to the Lord. And, and I was glad because we had our Thanksgiving service with the, the other churches uh, in the area. And Brother Josh uh, preached out of this, uh, this text, Luke 17, verse 15. And it shows a man that he, he was, a, it was this group of people, a group of men that had leprosy. And Jesus healed all ten of them. And then they went away, Right? And this man, when he realized that he was healed from leprosy, he started. He was looking for Jesus. He was the only one that came back. And look at this is what it says. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back glorifying God with a silent voice. He was whispering it. No, with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. This man knew what had been done for him. He realized what had happened. That Jesus had changed his life. And folks, I'm here to tell you that thankfulness, true thankfulness, it will be visible in your life. People can tell if you know Christ or not. They can tell if just coming to church is just a thing to do. And you know where we can, and this is sad, this really is sad, but you know where we can really tell it the most, even as a congregation, is when we sing praises to God. How can you sit up there and sing a song like, How Great Thou Art! How can you sing that like, How can you do that? We're singing about the creator of the everything. How can we be silent about that? In fact, he says to shout 
joyfully. Joyfully. I mean, sometimes we have to draw a smiley face on your face. Joyfully. Why would he say joyfully? How can we be joyful over who God is and what he's done? What has he done? Everything. Specific. Giving us life. Man, I ain't got over that. Now, sometimes I forget it. Y'all remember this key word that keeps coming up in our vocabulary now at Hill's Chapel. Don't forget. Remember what God has done for you. What God has done in you. Remember. Remember. And when you forget that, that's when you fall into sin. But isn't it awesome that God has given us his spirit to remind us? Shouldn't we be thankful for that? Shout to the Lord all the earth. Let us sing. He says to shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Then also he says to serve. Underline the word uh, uh, worship or serve. It depends on which translation you have. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. And why is it that we look at serving God as a drudgery? Something we have to do. Do you realize you ain't special? For the mere fact, you're only, well, let me put it this way. You're only special because God made you, not because of something you've done. Y'all hear that? And then he gives us the privilege to serve him. This word serve, it's interchangeable with worship. That means that, look, every aspect in every area of your life is an act of worship. This time that we have together, it shouldn't be just left at worship. This is worship. It's corporate worship. But your individual worship has been going on all your life. Now, whether you've been honoring God with your worship or not, that's, that's between you and the Lord, right? And for us to help you hold you accountable to that, right? But you need to understand that worship is every area of your life. How many, now, now, and, and this will let us know where we're at with this. How many of you, you you're going to get up tomorrow morning or you got up this past week and you said, I don't want to go to work. Oh, I got to go to work today. Don't they know this is Thanksgiving weekend and they're making me work on Friday? Or Thursday? Oh, God. There's our shout, but it's not joyful, is it? It's complaining. But God has put you in the workplace or the non-workplace that you're in for His glory. For His glory. So should we be complaining? No, we should be looking. Look, you may be making 20 cents an hour. And if God's got you there, He's got you there. And He's trying to teach you something through it. You may be having six figures. Guess what? God's got you there. Not because of anything you did. He's got you there to use you. We should be thankful for that. Shout, serve. Uh Uh-oh. Y'all going to love this one. Look at what he says. Underline the word come. 
uh, if, if you've got it, come before him with joyful singing. Look, this is great for me. It doesn't mean I have to have a voice to sing. Praise the Lord. We should be all grateful for that. Glenda, I'm about to break it down. Wicked, wicked. No. And you, got, you got my back, right? You're going to be my backup vocals. Okay, just kidding, y'all. Wait a minute. I heard some uh in there. Hold up now. But look. Come before him with joyful singing. Why is it that we don't, I mean, and this is the one place we don't even sing. We should be shouting out to the Lord. How great thou art. Not how great thou, great thou ain't. He is great. And we should be magnifying his name through singing. Amen? We should be. But too often, we're scared of the person right next to us. What would they think? I've heard some of you give an excuse that you, you don't want to sing any songs. Uh, <laughs> because other people will hear you. Let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Who gave you your voice? Oh, oh junk. No, he didn't. Yes, I did. Who gave you your voice? The Lord did. Brother Lee, I have the gift of silence. I do not think so, Tim. I do not think so. Because God says to lift up His name with your voice. I wasn't pointing at Timmy. <laughs> I hope y'all know that. It was a home improvement. Come on, guys. Some of y'all know who I'm talking about. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. Uh, but it, sees, it says to come before Him with joyful singing, to sing out joyfully, to be grateful. And I'm going to tell you, look, a joyful life is a thankful life. And a thankful life is a joyful life. They go together. They go together. If you're not joyful in where God's got you, it is very interesting, Lee, that you brought this out. That, that you, God is teaching you not to be content with where you're at in life. And I would say amen to that. Because God, once again, folks, God does not want you to be content with where you're at with Him. He always wants you to be desiring Him. But he does want you to be content with where he's got you. In the areas, the workplace, the family, the struggles, the difficulties that you go through, he wants you to be joyful in those uh, areas of your life. Because that will show if you're truly thankful for what he's given you. Because if you're not thankful for what God has given you, if you don't have joy in your life, guess what you're saying? You're saying, God, I got this. God, you're not good. God, you're selling me out, and God, I can do better. I deserve better. And if you have that mindset, folks, you do not know Christ. It's the truth of the matter. You don't know Christ. If you think you deserve better, you don't know Christ. And this leads us to where he says in verse 3, Know that the Lord he, himself is God. When we have a right understanding of God, then we will start having a right understanding of us. And then it keeps going. When we start to have a right understanding of ourselves, then it will help us to understand more of who God is. And we get that understanding from the Word of God. So let me ask you, how many of you, and don't raise your hand because it's between you and the Lord, but how many of you have been spending time in God's Word this week? In the book of Daniel, how great is God? 
that he used four, four young men to, change, to, to try to change a whole nation for his glory. A whole pagan nation. When we understand God as being the creator, the sustainer, we, our position before him does not look very high. And that's a good place to be. Because if it wasn't for the Lord, you would not be where you're at. But guess what? God doesn't want to keep you there. He wants you to grow in Him. Every single one of you. Young or mature. This little children. He wants you to grow up and to be big boys and girls for the Lord. He wants you to grow. And so in being thankful, you've got to grow in that. Hopefully one day, my child will be grateful for the things that I've taught her. Hopefully. I look back on my life and uh, when my dad shared the right hand of fellowship with me, right about here, I didn't enjoy that very well. How many of you enjoy spanking? Man, this is good stuff. <laughs> Come on, Daddy, more. No. No, we don't enjoy that, but looking back, looking back in my life, and I can tell that this is where I, I'm striving to grow in the Lord and where God's bringing me to more understanding. Now, I'm not there by no means. Not even close. But I'm starting to understand that God used my father, my earthly father, to show me about authority in my life that ultimately I was going to be held accountable to my heavenly father. And he taught me that there is a such thing as right and wrong and that I will be held for that. God used my unbelieving dad And I can give thanks to that because of what God has taught me. So we are to express praises to God, but also we're, look, look in verse 4, uh, no, verse 3, the last part of verse 3. We're supposed to enjoy the promises of God that God gives us. We enjoy these promises. Look at what it says. It is he who made, made us, not we ourselves. Check this out. He's talking about God creating us. We see this in Psalm, excuse me, 139, verse 13 and 14. That's on our screen. It'll be, it, you'll have to move ahead a little bit, Ricky. I skipped you on a little bit. Keep going. Psalm 139. There you go. You, for you formed, now check this out. Check out the wording that David used. For you formed my inward parts and you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. He gives thanks because he understands who his creator is. He understands who made him. And God made you. Isn't it good that you, there is no one like you. There's no one like you. You're unique. And God created you that way. Now, guess what? There's no one like me. And y'all are like, praise the Lord, your brother Lee. Because we can't take two of you. Or three. Not even a half of me. <laughs> Y'all wouldn't be able to take that. Amen? Sherry, what do you think about that? She said, amen. I thought she was about to start waving a hanky. <laughs> Verse 
But he purposed us. He gives us a purpose because he created us. And if he created and designed us specifically, he's got a purpose for us. And that purpose is to bring him glory. But guess what? Although we are flawed because we're sinful people, because we sin against a holy God, he also recreates us. He purchased us. And, and I want to introduce you to a word called redeem. And I want to introduce you to the meanings of the word redemption and just show you what Christ has done for you if you will submit and surrender to him. Check this out. In Revelation 5, 9, they're not going to be before you. Uh, it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood uh, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. They were purchased. This word, what it means is to buy in the marketplace. Okay, It pictures purchasing a slave right off the auction block. So you've got a slave, and Jesus, you're the slave to sin. All you can do is to sin. And Jesus, with his blood, he bought you off of that auctioning block. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right, and it goes deeper. This word goes deeper. Look at what it's uh, in Galatians 3.13. If, if you're writing this down, it's Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. This word, it takes it another step. No longer did he just, I mean, not only did he buy us off the, off the block of slavery, uh, slavery, slavery, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm excited, excited. All right, look, check this out. All right, not only did his blood purchase us and buy us from slavery of sin, but he also, it, that redemption word says that we're no longer for sale. We're not to go back. He's got us. He's purchased us. We are his. He's purchased. But it doesn't stop there. Here's another verse. 1 Peter 1.18. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life. This word, it says, it pictures that not only did Jesus, his blood, pay for your sin to where you're no longer in the bondage of sin and uh, the slave to sin, and not only are you, you're, you're no longer for sale, but Jesus has set you free. What? I'm no longer a slave to sin. I've been bought. I ain't for sale anymore. And then Jesus has given me freedom to live this life. Now this freedom is not to live any old way that we want to live. It's to live a life pleasing to God. Because you have Christ, if you do, if you've given your life to Christ, then you have freedom to be able to please God with your, with your living. Through the blood of Christ. Where before you couldn't do that. You are a slave to sin. Slaves do what their masters tell them to. So you are a slave to sin. That is good. Hallelujah. I'll do it. Shout joyfully to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Have you got over that? Have you got over being purchased by God? Look, 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have from God, and that you are not your own, for you have been, what? Bought with a price. 
Therefore, glorify God with your body. And then in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? He is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That you're not the same of who, as who you were. Folks, I'm telling you, if you look the same like you were before you were a believer, you're not a believer. You're not a Christian because Christ changed you. He will change you. He will not just sit around. Well, I'll just wait for the perfect timing for this to happen. And then you can make a decision. No. When Christ uh, comes into your life, he changes you. Your wants and desires will start to change for his glory. He's going to change your wanter. Instead of, I want to do what I want to do, I'm going to say, God, I'm struggling with this. I want to do what you want to do, but there's also this part of me that wants to do what I want to do. But just because of what you've done, I'm going to remember and not forget what you've done. I'm going to go your route because I understand or I'm believing that you're in control and that you're going to see things out. Hello, the book of Daniel. We talked about that in Sunday school. Daniel could have had his off with his head, but he stood for the Lord. And God honored that and brought him favor before even the lost world. Check this out. Not only does he purpose us and he purchases us, but he also possesses us. And this reminds me of Jason's song. He says, who am I? I am yours. Woo! I'll do it. I am his. I'm his child. Y'all got over that, hadn't you? I mean, really. Titus 2.14, who gave himself to redeem us, every law, redeem from us every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession zealous for good deeds that god you are in god's family those of you if you've given your life to christ if you surrender your life to christ it is very evident in your life it is evident in your life whether you know christ or not and that evidence is not whether you show yourself up to church it's not whether you get baptized or dunked in some water it's who do you bring glory to is it yourself or is it the Lord Jesus? And that shows us if we are truly thankful for what God has done for us. <clears throat> we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. <laughs> oh, I don't have time to go in all that this shows us. But it points back to Psalm 23 where it says, The Lord is my... And then it points forward. To Jesus in John 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. So both, it points to Jesus. And it shows that he is our protector, he is our provider. As a, as a shepherd protects and provides for his sheep, so does Jesus do it for, for us. That we are in his hands. Nobody can take us from his hands. Isn't that good? Satan cannot destroy you. You can allow him to destroy your testimony. But he can't touch you if you're a child of God. If you're truly a child of God. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And then secondly, true thankfulness is voluntary. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise in verse 4. And he says, give thanks to him and bless his name. 
All of these where it says to enter, to give thanks, to bless. These are all commands that are given to us once again. It's telling us to continue with this relationship that God has given us. And it's even given us the public, the public picture here. Whereas there's many of us that have this wrong understanding of what a relationship with Christ is about. We seem to think that Christ, having Christ, a relationship with him is just a private thing. It's just a personal thing. No, it says enter his gates, come into his presence. And, and that means, hey, with us as well. When you come to church, it's not about what you get out of it, what I get out of it, it's about what we give together in glorifying his name. That's what church is about. Where we stimulate one another to love and good deeds. How much stimulating is going on in the church? How much are we thankful together? We should have had everybody, and I, you may get mad at me for saying this, but here's the truth of the matter. Every single one of y'all should have got up and given thanks to the Lord. Because do we fear man or do we fear God? It's the truth of the matter. I don't know how else to put it. We've got to fear the Lord. And when we fear the Lord, we're going to put Him number one to where He's our priority and we're going to be seeking and focusing after Him. We're not worried. About, I don't care what Jason thinks about me. I don't care what Jason does to me. Now, we're actually in pretty good standing. But you catch my point. Wives, it doesn't matter what your husband thinks about Jesus. Where do you fit into that? Husbands, it doesn't matter what your children or your wife, or we can go on, it does not matter. Is Jesus number one in your life? And if you don't serve Jesus on account of somebody else, guess what? Those other else are your priorities, not Jesus. I'm tired of playing games in my life, folks, and I hope that you are as well, that we'll get this thing right. Amen. So enter into the Lord continually. Like you. Prayer and Bible study. Prayer and Bible study. Prayer and Bible study. Y'all have heard that. Let's do this. Put it into your life. Don't just read it. Apply it. If you need help in understanding things, that's what we come together for. I, I, I might say, you know what, Brother Donald, I know we went through Daniel this week, but there is this one part I just did not understand. What did the Lord show you through this? So I, so I can try to get a grasp on this. Y'all hear me? We, we've... Verses, uh, verse 3, when it told us about his promises, it shows us about what God has done. And now in verse 5, it says we should look at who God is. Embrace the Lord completely. Why? Because look at what it says in verse 5. The Lord is good. We question this all the time in our lives, folks. When we don't get our way, we complain. And nothing has changed. In Genesis 3, we can see this with Eve. The devil said what? Surely God did not say. Surely you will not die. What was he doing? 
He was getting her to doubt God's goodness. Eve, you deserve better. I like the way you dress. You deserve better. How many of us think we do deserve better? When we think that, we have a wrong understanding of God. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Even when we see our life as hectic, the Lord is good. My life was pretty hectic when my dad started whooping me for something that I did. But I look back and I see how gracious God was. And I thank Him for that. Some of you have been through some junk in life. But you still are to thank God for it. Because if you had not had those things happen in your life, you would not have learned some of the things that you've learned. You would not be the person that you are. Now, some of us probably didn't learn a thing. And that caused us to live a life of bitterness. Are you bitter? Are you bitter for the things that have happened in your life? And I would say, you can get that right today. Because God is good. God is good. And though you may not see it today, He will prove Himself. Why? Well, you know, the Scripture actually answers that. Look at verse 5. The Lord is good and His loving kindness is is everlasting. That God loves. God loves you. God loves me. Now, I'm... I often wonder, why? How in the world, Lord, could you love somebody like me? Y'all there? (laughs) I am. How in the world could you love me? And yet it says that it's everlasting. That God's love's not going to change. Now, He does not approve of sin. He hates sin. But while there's breath in my lungs, I have a chance to repent and to turn to Him. And this just sums it up perfectly. And his faithfulness to all generations. God is faithful. God is faithful. Even in your darkest moments, folks, God is still there. Even when you think he's left. He's still there. Even when you try to leave. It's just what that verse says. Even when we're faithless, He remains faithful for He cannot deny Himself. So this means that when God says something, He's going to do it. That's good. When God says He's going to do something in your life, for I know the plans that I have for you, Plans for you to what? Prosper. And that prosper is not like monetary things. Just to know the Lord. God, as your Father, wants you to know Him. Are you truly thankful for what the Lord has done in your life?
If so, it will be seen in your life. Your face would look different. Your life will look different if you're truly thankful. Let us not do this. Let us not just wait for Thanksgiving to give thanks. So I want to challenge you. As much as this challenge should not even been made, I want to challenge you tomorrow morning, the next morning, every day of your life to give thanks to the Lord. Because you do not deserve what He's given you. I do not deserve what He's given me. In fact, I deserve what He's not given me. Because of His mercy, He has not given me hell because of Christ. And for that fact alone, it should provoke a life of godliness in pursuit of Him. If you're here today and you do not know Christ, I'm not talking about you have church membership. If you don't know Christ and you know it, you know whether the holy God, creator, sustainer lives within you. You know it. And he knows it. You can fool me all you want to. But you can't fool him. And I, I want to plead to you. Give your life to Christ. Give your life to Christ. It's going to cost you something, though. Let me remind you of that. It's going to cost you, you. Not your will be done, but his will be done. So I beg you. I'm not here to manipulate you, but I just know how important this is. If you do not know Christ, I urge you to give your life to Christ. If you're here and you've given your life to Christ, but there's sin in your life, and you know what I'm talking about, because here's why. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and He's going to let you know if there's sin in your life. And He wants you to deal with that. Amen? And so I ask you to do that. We'll provide a time for... Uh, invitation where you can come and deal with those things. If you want to talk to me, I'll be up here. Brother Jason is going to be leading us in some music and uh, shortly, so you can go on up there if you'd like. And um, let me pray for us. Father, I pray that you'll help us to, to stop playing games. We get right with you, Father, and give you glory in your name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. This altar is open. Uh, pray that you take this time to deal with him.